Giving up control is hard, but removing ourselves from this role in our company that is deeply associated with our entire identity can be nearly impossible. Unless, unless what? Well, stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. It took me a couple years of working with business owners to really figure this piece out. I would work with someone and they would make great strides in getting real freedom in their business in very specific areas but then there'd be resistance in other areas. And it took me some time to diagnose why this happened. Why, for example, was it easy to delegate hiring, critical customer service-related process improvement uh, projects, all which were absolutely important to the overall operation. I mean, you could argue that hiring is maybe the most important thing a company does, hiring good people and getting them in place. These things were seemingly easy to delegate for some folks, though, while other things, like succession planning and leadership team training, in some cases, were a real challenge. More on that in a minute. First, if you're interested in meeting with me to see if the growth solutions I offer benefit you and help you reach your financial and time freedom goals, just go to oneononewithbrian.com. Doesn't matter if you use letters or numbers for the ones, go to oneononewithbrian.com to schedule a Zoom call where I'll walk you through how it works and answer any questions you might have. Again, that's oneononewithbrian.com. All right, so back to my example here. One day I was asking a client who was very resistant to training her very capable leadership team. Like she had a a team that was really good and she was just resistant to training them on some some specific things. And I asked her one day, aren't you excited that you're going to have more time to travel and spend time with your grandkids? Like you said, you wanted all along like this one. These were a couple of her really big goals where she wanted time to travel and spend time with her grandkids. Like that's a very common one, by the way. And Gwenda said, yeah. But it was obvious her answer was not sincere. Not that she didn't love her grandkids and not that she didn't love travel for that matter. But there was kind of a sadness in her answer. There's kind of a sadness present when she said, yeah. It was just, I didn't buy it. So I asked her what she thought her role would be when she had her leadership team trained and in place. And the look she gave me let me know that we were close to the deep-seated cause of her trepidation. So before I move on, I think it's helpful to share a couple of things about uh, about Glenda specifically and just kind of in general. For Glenda, she was in her mid-50s or is in her mid-50s. So she, it's not like she's she's definitely not old. It's not like she's old that she was fearing retirement is my point. It wasn't like uh, I was dealing with a 70-year-old person who might have a fear of death, for example, or fear of, you know... Um, limited abilities or whatever in, in old age like this, this, that was not the case. Um, it, so for Glenda specifically, that was not an issue. Uh, separate from that, it's been my experience that men do fear retirement more than women while we're talking about this. So, uh, of course this is not always the case. Um, but I will tell you that, that men tend to look at retirement differently than women do. 
and I'll tell you a, a quick story that I think why why this is. I, I don't know that men have a story like this specifically, but they 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 kind of inherently know this. I think when I my first real job, I was a teamster. I was a, I was in union, and on my first day on the job, I got kind of an orientation, like a union orientation. And they told me two things on that day. I was 19 years old, so this is nearly um, 30 years ago. They told me two things on that day that I never, ever forgot. I, I literally remember them like they just said it yesterday. One of them was the Teamsters had enough money in their, in their retirement fund to pay the national debt, which at that time was like $9 trillion or some crazy low number like that. That blew me away, which also led to the second thing they told me, which was the average lifespan for a Teamster after retirement was 17 months. Meaning, guys would work for 40 years, they'd go home and sit on the couch, and 17 months later, they were dead. So men look at retirement often as, as a, a, a um, needing to stay busy so they don't become that 17-month guy who just goes home and sits on the couch and dies. So men often look at retirement as like, well, I need to keep busy. I need to have something to do, which is true. But then they go, well, why don't I just keep working then? <laughs> like, what's the- What's the point of retiring if I got to then go find something to do? I have something to do now. I like what I do in most many cases or whatever. And and I have a, uh, it's known. I know what I know what I got. It's easy. It's easy for me to come and do what I got to do. Why why would I want to leap, leap into this something and then figure out how to keep myself busy? That makes no sense. Women often see it more as time, you know, time to spend with family, things like that. I just don't think it's this, this, the concerns are generally exactly the same. Uh, and this is also what I'm describing here in this episode is not the same for Glenda or it, it, in this case, um, it's not the same as in stage four. You guys hear me talk about the five stages. Stage one is inception through faith. Stage five is exiting the business. In stage four, we go from this period where stages two and three, the business like owns us. Like we had no freedom. We can't do anything. We can't ever get away. The business absolutely owns us. If we stop doing anything, Everything stops in stage two and stage three. It just, we have no time. This, those, this is those periods of time we're working the 70, 80 hour a week. Sometimes we have no freedom. Well, then in stage four, boom, you have tons of freedom. Like you have a leadership team in place. You have things rocking and rolling and you don't have to be there. And the things that are left for you to do in stage four are boring. They're not fun. It's processes and procedures and, and tidying up financials. And it's just, it's just boring stuff, right? So in stage four, it's very common for the business owner to just kind of bolt and decide they want to flip houses or they want to start a new business or they 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 get bored and they and they flee. That is not what I'm talking about here with Glinda. And I'm not talking about the fear of retirement slash the fear of death, honestly, that as as people get older, this is something that happens. So I want to be really clear that these are not the two things that I'm talking about here in my example with Glinda. Um so I pressed on with her. Again, we left off with her where I, I kind of had this feeling that she wasn't entirely sincere when she was telling me how excited she was. It just kind of felt like there was sadness there. And I asked her what her, her role would be when she, when her leadership team was um, trained and in place. And she gave me, you know, I just knew. I knew, I knew it wasn't quite right. So um, she finally just said it. She finally just said, again, she had a very capable leadership team. She finally just said, if all these very capable people are doing the things I do, what's my purpose going to be? Like, like, what's my identity going to be? I'm known, and this is Glenda speaking, I'm known as the woman who runs this business. I'm the face of this business. I'm a relevant person in the local business community. 
I know everyone. You need anything. You need an attorney. You need a carpet cleaner. You need a handyman. You need an auto mechanic. You call me. I'm the one who knows everybody. If I give all that up, what is my identity going to be? Not just in this company, but in life. In life, what is my my identity going to be if I'm not the person who does all these things that you're telling me, Brian, I need to teach my leadership team to go do? And this is a juncture we are all going to have to face. And, you know, for if you're listening and you're 27 years old, like this is going to be like, well, I got 30 years, so I got to worry about that. And you might be right. Uh, for others, you might be closer to that age where that is a thing or your business is at a point where it makes sense for you to hand over more things and you're just reluctant to. And I can tell you, we're not going to, we're not going to progress from wherever we are here, wherever that is to there, wherever that is. If we don't have an idea what there is about or what it feels like or what living there is going to be or whatever. Um, we are just not likely to progress from our spot atop the company hierarchy until we have an answer to this. Like, what is my identity going to be? What is my purpose going to be? What what will I do with myself? What will I do with my hours in the day? Like, what am I going to do? This is a, a, a something we have to figure out. Otherwise, we will we will all get to a point where we we want more freedom. Freedom's a word that you know we toss around a lot. Like, I want I want more time freedom. I want more financial freedom. Okay. Well, when it comes down to like where you could really have it, all of a sudden the brakes are applied. Like, wait a second, hold on now. What would I do? Like, what would I, again, what would my purpose be? Who, what would my identity be? Is a, is a common way that it's phrased. So I can't speak for what everyone else should do. Uh, this is certainly not encouraging you to do anything in particular other than figure this out. I'll just tell you what I did and I, what I see other folks do similar. I don't think any of us do this exactly the same. Um, but it's, it's fairly similar from what I can see other folks. Um, for me personally, I just got involved in a lot of stuff. I was only working three days a week. You know, I was in my early to mid forties, way too young to retire. I got the idea of retirement did not even, you know, when I first started out when I was, um, I don't know how, how late mid, mid late thirties when, when we started our business, I really did think I wanted to retire at 50. And then as I get into my early to mid forties, like that, that's crazy. I'm just, it's just not going to happen. I'm, I, I can't just, I'm too young. I, I, I have too much energy. I got things I want to do. Uh, so anyhow, for me, that was kind of off the tables and I was working three days a week and I was bored. So honestly, I got involved in my industry association. They desperately needed some new energy. Uh, that was, uh, gave me a sense of purpose to help up and coming people in the industry, people coming into the industry. Uh, we took on a massive, I mean, massive legislation project. Um, it took two years of of every other Friday for four hours. I mean, that that took up some time. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That took up a lot of time. And we kind of fixed 40 years of, of things that have been kind of pushed aside in our industry. Uh, that uh, That's not a, that's not a, a project many people would take on that um, it's tedious and there's lots of negotiating with other stakeholders. Again, I'm, none of these things are suggestions like for you to go do. Uh, I also started to help other entrepreneurs. That's kind of what led me down the path where I'm at now is just, you know, people would call and ask for help and I'd gladly go help them. I'd go to their office. I would, I would, um, I would go help, you know, I would speak at business meetings, chambers of commerce and, and industry association meetings. Again, all, those are all things that kind of how led me down the path where I'm at now. But the biggest thing I did was shift my focus in my head and how I measured success was no longer based upon my performance, 
but it was now based upon the performance of my leadership team. In part, this is because, you know, I, you guys, if you've listened to any episodes of all this you, podcast, you've heard me talk about how, how absolutely blessed I was to have mentors in my life at key moments where I was over my head, over my skis, and people there who were there were just willing and able to help me and be patient with me and love me through my blunders and like, you know, help me. Whether it's financials, accounting, and and processes and procedures and managing people, like all these things that go into to running a business, I was blessed to have some people there to help me. And I wanted to do that for other folks. I wanted I wanted um, people to have the same benefit that I had. There's no way we would have done half the things we did if I wouldn't have had those mentors. There's just no way. So I poured myself into education and training for the leadership team, and I measured my success based on their performance. If they won, I won. If they lost, I lost. It was no longer about me. It was about them. And we had a special, awesome group of people who I was very excited about taking on these roles. Like It was life-changing for some of them, all of them. I mean, just like it was life-changing for me um, in, in, as I progressed through the, my, my career and started my own business and whatever. It was very, very similar for these folks. I was so happy for them to be able to have that. And I wanted them to be successful. I didn't want them to stumble where I stumbled and, and fall in the same pitfalls I did. And so I was intentional about making sure they could succeed so I didn't feel like I was giving something up. And I really, really wanted to go to work when I wanted to, not because I had to. That was a big deal for me. If I didn't have that driver in particular, this would have been harder for me. There's no question. So I enjoyed my work. I still enjoy my work. I've, I've you know, been fortunate most of my career. I've enjoyed what I do. But I wanted lots of flexibility. I wanted lots of time to go to the beach and, and hang out in tropical places when I wanted to. So for me, it was kind of a, a, a twofold thing. One was um, my identity. I, I found a way to make that about being a traveler, going to experience things in the world that was not work-centric. That was a piece of it. And shifting my focus from my success, measuring my my performance, my whatever, to the leadership team, how they performed individually and collectively, that was a measurement of my, uh, that's how I measured my performance, so to speak. So I can, again, I can't say what everybody should do. I can say that this is a struggle that I've seen regularly for people who, who just don't know what they want their purpose, what their identity to be. Sometimes they're, they're, they, they want to travel. The travel is a thing I hear people talk about a lot. Lots of folks want to travel and that becomes their identity and they can't wait to have the identity where they, whether it's driving their motor home from one baseball stadium, you know, major league baseball stadium to the next for a year or two, maybe that becomes their identity. Maybe they, they go and they tour every winery in the West on the West coast that becomes their identity. Um, for me again, I, I'm all about beaches and tropical locations. So, um, some folks like that. Some folks want to go travel and see the NASCAR circuit, like whatever it is. Um, some folks are able to find that travel piece to that becomes their identity as the person who travels. That's helpful. And for people who, again, that's one I was able to, to kind of grab onto. And for me also becoming a person whose identity was supporting that leadership team. That was huge for me. Those are two things that worked for me. Again, not for everyone. And I did other things also. I mentioned a few other things, legislative project and other industry things and whatever. What about Glenda though? So the good news for Glenda is she's identified a couple milestones for her to hit. And once she does, she'll be more than happy to hand over the reins to somebody else. So it was kind of a, a squishy thing for her. And she said, you know what? 
I don't want to work forever. I don't want to work a million hours forever. There's a couple of things I have left to do though. And once we got clarity on that, that really made things easy. And as of now, anyway, we have a solid plan we both believe in and it's going in the right direction. And, and, uh, once we hit these couple or she hits these couple of milestones, she's like, I, once I do those things, then I'll be happy to, to step aside and uh, go pursue those other things. And she's still young and she has plenty of time left to enjoy life. And she's got grandkids and she's got, you know, family she loves and, and she's got great hobbies. She's like outdoors doing like crazy things. Like, um, she's going to have a great life. It's awesome. I'm really happy for her. But she struggled with this kind of transition until she got really clear on that. And once she got clear on that and identified these couple of milestones and identified what specifically her identity will be, then it was piece of cake, you know, as much as it can be. These are big transitions. None of this stuff, I shouldn't say it's piece of cake. None of these things are piece of cake. But it was easier, it is easier for her now that she has clarity on what that is and what how that will feel for her to have this kind of new role. So first thing we have to do for all of us is diagnose our resistance to move forward on tasks that diminish our role. And that I could spend hours talking about that. This is one example again for for dudes especially coming up into retirement age, they get scared because guys don't live a long time after they retire in many many cases and so that's a, that's a real fear. Um also we have to trust people and you know we have, there's a number of things we talk about on this podcast that are all could lead to this thing of of not or of having reluctance to move forward on things that diminish my role. So the first thing we have to do is diagnose it. If it is this one where I don't know what my identity will be, there's not a lot of folks who talk about this because there's not a lot of folks who have experienced it or or have any kind of frame of reference. Like people from the outside just assume like it's gonna be a piece of cake. And it's not a piece of cake. It's not only you handing over your baby, this business you've built, but you also got to figure out like what you're gonna be about now. And that's, uh, that's not always easy either. So, uh, getting clarity in that will help though. And if you are 27 or 37 or 42 or whatever, and listening to this, don't wait until then, you know, this is not something that's like, you don't have to like carve hours in this. You could do this while you're driving on the road. Like, Hey, when I hit the time where it's time for me to start doing something else, what would I want my purpose to be? What do I want my identity to be? Not just the day-to-day tasks. Yes. We got to do that too. Do you want to you want to take up yoga or those kinds of things or go learn fly fishing or whatever it is. Yeah, we have to have that kind of stuff too. But what do I want my identity to be? What do I want my purpose to be? What do I want to be known for if I'm not known for this person who's the, the business person now or in a different capacity for that business person? So, Anyhow, uh, that's it for this week. And I'll see you all next week. Oh, before I forget, don't if you haven't had a chance yet, please subscribe. Don't forget to do that. It takes like two seconds. Hit that subscribe button or follow button. Sometimes it says follow. Share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. That's who we're helping, business owners in service industries. And if you haven't had a chance yet, please give us a rating and review. If you can spread a couple minutes, I really appreciate that. That's how we grow these things. These podcasts, that's uh, subscribe, share, and rating review. That's, that's the, that's the three-legged stool for growing a podcast right there. All right, guys, that's it for this week. I'll see you all next week.